And you might think, what if I fall? Well, what if you don't? What if you fly? With so much love and respect, welcome to the Luke Adler Healing Podcast, where we turn pain into power and get down to what really matters, the love we share and the love we grow. This is for those who want to get intimate with life's living edge and use every instance as an opportunity for deepening and connection. To make life a work of art, painted by passion and fueled by a longing for a more beautiful world, ultimately creating space for all that we are. I'm your host, Luke Adler. Let's get it. All right, and welcome back. So I am once again pumped to be here with my man, Luke Adler, my good friend and co-facilitator of the Heart of Shadow program. And Luke and I were leading um, a workshop online the other day, and he said this phrase that just immediately, I was like, oh, we got to talk about that because there's so much there. And we were chatting and he said, you know, it's about moving from enlightenment to intimacy. And I'd love for you, Luke, to just kind of give us your first pitch there around what you meant by that. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Um, you know, in most, in most spiritual work, I mean, immemorially, when we talk about growth and healing, we will often substitute the word enlightenment or liberation. And if you look at yogic tradition, the, the kind of goal of the spiritual path is to be liberated. And, and we could um, wax on liberation and enlightenment forever. But the idea in general is that we're we're freed from our sense of um, separation, our sense of unworthiness, our feeling of not being good enough, our uh, ultimately our sense of individuality that we're we're separate from this kind of whole or cosmic or uh, to use a common kind of understanding, we're separate from God. Mm-hmm. And um, if we're separate from God, then we don't have a sense of, of deep purpose and meaning. And enlightenment is this pathway to begin to know the divine and to connect with that. And um, certainly my early years of spiritual growth, I thought, okay, that's the goal. My whole life is dedicated to enlightenment and liberation. I want to become an enlightened being. And um, what I realized, you know, maybe maybe seven to 10 years into that pursuit is um, I actually did start to know God and discovered that um, that phenomenon, that relationship within myself and all things. And, um, and then I found that there was something actually much harder than knowing God. And that was being in relationship with human beings. And um, the, the, the straddling of those two pursuits was not, not it was, there was not a clear pathway to that. Um, and it wasn't until I got into more psycho spiritual work and shadow work that I saw, ah, here's a pathway to take you from chasing the big E you know, enlightenment to really the, the, what I would consider the ultimate pursuit, which is the big I, uh, which is intimacy and getting intimate with life and intimate with people, intimate with their wounding and their pain and my own pain and becoming spacious enough within, within my own self to 
make room for my wounding and those that I love and care about and not be relegated to just stay transcended or in this kind of more enlightened space of consciousness that in some ways is not truly enlightened because it's a way I'm, u- I'm using enlightenment to stand apart from pain. Mm-hmm. And um, it becomes a very dangerous path. It becomes a way of using liberative <clears throat> or meditative techniques in the same way that you would a, a drug to just get away from uh, what what's hurting here now in front of me. So that's a, that's a, just a, a kind of a brief overview for us to launch from. Pass it. Yeah, this this is so deep. This is so great, um, and so woven into I think the work you know you and I are passionate about in in the shadow work that we do. In that, certainly for me, you know, when I was a teenager and going into my early twenties and reading about the mystics and enlightenment, and there there did become this attachment inside me to this frame of what an enlightened person was. Oh, this idea that if I get enlightened, I'm just going to be happy all the time, Mm. right? Like I'm not going to be impacted by the world in certain negative ways. Like I'll just be okay with everything that is. Mm. And there's a way, you know, as I examine that over the years, you know, another way to think of this frame we're talking about here is there's a way that can just be moving away from something like we're, we're actually using in and trying to get enlightened. We're trying to move away from aspects of our experience, moving away from aspects of being. And what we're talking about here, this big eye, the the path of intimacy is actually much more about moving towards, Mm. right? Moving towards turning towards all of our experience, all of our sensation, all of our feeling, whether, it's light and positive or dark and shadowy, right? The the path we're talking about, what I think is pretty different about it is um, it embraces all of it, right? The, the or, or as another friend of mine would often say, the sacred and the profane, like the, just the full range of our experience is what we're trying to become close to, including parts of ourselves that most definitely are not enlightened, right? <laughs> like are the parts that are not the things we're proud of or not the models for behavior we want to be putting out into the world, but that when we're not connected to them uh-huh. ca- can cause a tremendous amount of harm in ourselves uh-huh. and in our relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for example, um, I was working with someone just yesterday and Uh, The client was complaining about their partner and having issues with their children and um, saying, you know, really, I need my partner to change in this way. And my kids are driving me nuts in this way and that way. And just kind of hanging with them and and going, just kind of tuning into there was there was something deeper going on that that they weren't. It wasn't so much they weren't telling the truth. They weren't aware of it. There was something in the background running running them to the degree that they really saw that the, the issues were out there in front of them. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. there wasn't issues, there's certainly issues relationally, but when the space got kind of soft enough and the invitation, like you're saying, Jason, so beautifully, the invitation is to embrace all of it, not just what feels good or quote unquote positive feelings. 
And as we got closer, what came forward is that there were some deeper desires to explore this, to explore this person's own self-expression mm. and desire for a new career and this real fear of letting go of what they were doing to pursue this other thing that they had had shame around from their childhood. And instead that was coming through in this totally sideways, unconscious way towards their partner. And there's a sense of wanting to control everyone in their life to get them to be the thing that they weren't. Yeah. And it was, it was such a poignant example of shadow and happens all the time in relationship. We try to change our partner. We say, oh, this relationship won't work because I don't want to change or they don't want to change. But what's really going on underneath that is there's some piece of, of the shadow that's not being brought to the surface. And then there's that attempts of, of bypassing it either through, let me meditate with this or, um, you know, I think some people, I guess in this example, get real controlling. They want to control their environment to get it to take the shape of the thing that they they can't quite become yet. Mm -hmm. And what was also painful about it is how much pain was being in, inflicted on the people around them. That was really poignant. I hadn't I hadn't quite realized that. Like, whoa, this is having a big impact on everyone you love. And what's clear here is you're you're at a you're at a relational edge with your own your own self expression that has never been allowed to come forward. And um, this person is also a long time meditator, so you know, mm -hmm. in the meditative world, you can you can you know by meditating regularly, you can kind of stay apart from from your your wounding. Um, and, and your wounding won't stay apart from you. It'll still, <laughs> you know, it still tries to kind of influence things because it's not getting the tension. Um, and, and I can think of a few other examples now, but, but I, I mean, this is kind of the essence of what you and I do, you know, for ourselves, but this is what we offer people. It's this opportunity to, to get to know these things that are in a certain sense, seizing our lives. Uh, in many cases, unknowingly. Um, yeah, and I think that's a great, um, great story to emphasize. You know, a lot of what the shadow work we do is about reconnecting. So it's actually coming back into contact with parts of ourselves, which is another way to you know think about this idea of intimacy. We're we're coming into contact with something that um, we've pushed away from ourselves or disconnected from ourselves or not been aware of in ourselves or outside of ourselves. And so a lot of this work can happen right internally. We're doing this work with parts of ourselves to become intimate with our full experience and our full range, in addition to turning towards and becoming intimate with the full range of everything in the relationships around us. Exactly. Um. <clears throat> Another another example that that I was working with someone recently, they were they were saying that every time they do a, um, this was also a, a professional healer of some kind. Every time they do a big event, every time they uh, uh, kind of do a big push to, you know, do a retreat, etc., they get sick, um, and 
there'll be certain certain pain and a, a certain chronic pain will arise, particularly in the in the low back. Um, and so we're doing some work around it. And what what was em- what <clears throat> what was evident within sixty seconds is that this was this was a, a part of their being that had been um, gone through really intense trauma as a child, and that. Mm-hmm. They- aspect of their of their self really needed things to be slowed down and and tended to and nurtured and that when they took on a big project and they had this you know this kind of other side of their being you know how they dealt with their traumas they became really dynamic and really expressive and enthusiastic and so they cultivated this ability to produce um produce these really dynamic healing events and um, but while they're doing that, they're totally unaware of this other aspect of their being that's really wounded and wants some quiet and needs some gentleness. And there's almost this antagonizing relationship between these aspects of their being, kind of like a sun, moon, yin, yang, water dynamic. And of course, once they become aware, we started doing some work on you know staying attuned, quote unquote, to their sensitivity then they could feel, ah, okay, you know, maybe I can start to move at a pace that honors both parts of me. And I'm not kind of just trying to shove this quote unquote, more sensitive part of me into the shadow. I can, I can keep a part of myself open and kind of attuned to my needs and, and not just relegate them to like, oh, my body's hurt, my body's messed up, and I need to, you know, see this doctor or this healer to fix it. It's like, no, no, no. This is about, like you said, coming into relationship yeah, with something that we have um, dis- disowned, displaced, you know, uh, just in a certain sense, want to not deal with, not see, something we've blocked out. Um, and yeah, I mean, certainly as it relates to the pursuit of enlightenment, many of us, including me, not knowingly, but go into such a pursuit because there was great pain in lives. There's, there was dysfunction, there was, uh, emotional pain, uh, physical pain and, and a liberative style path is, is like relief. It's balm to a soul that's suffering. And it, it's a very necessary step for for us to get relief from pain like that. And uh, I, I love yoga. I love meditation. I love that world. I still practice and teach it. But I, I do know it can be misused. Um, and, and there's a certain point when we need to come down from our, our kind of cloud-laden, liberative uh, cushion. <laughs> And get in the mud with everyone else, and we don't want to do that prematurely. But at some point, you know, the the, the world of the living is is asking for us to participate and become intimate. That's that's so spot on. There's so much there um, that just comes to mind. You know, first and foremost of which, you know, sometimes these parts of ourselves that we've disconnected from or displaced or whatnot. It, it's not even always um, a bad thing in a sense. And what I mean by that is something I work a lot with my men on is um, 
oftentimes you're right. We, we have these painful experiences when we're young. So then we build the survival strategy to be able to get by in our family of origin or our family system or our culture or whatever. And that survival strategy helps protect us, right? It actually helps us survive and it protects us in the world. And the problem is then we become adults and that very same survival strategy, which was our suit, or ar- suit of armor before, is actually what prevents us from getting what we want in the moment, from connecting in the ways we want to now. So it was a gift to us then, but then it becomes a hindrance to us now. And the, the, the delicate way we can go in and start to unpack and unwind that armoring so that we can be available now in the ways we want to be and not just continuing to carry for the forward the programming of before is is so important and so crucial and you know for men in particular in just my experience this the path of enlightenment let's say um it's it's a big draw to a lot of men right that kind of transcending or you know what we call in our culture this move to waking up right we're, we're waking up from our bodies and, and connecting to that higher, higher self, that higher vision, transcending what's happening in the moment. And that's totally necessary and totally beautiful. And we're not here to say that that's not a critical part of any journey or path, but a lot of men in particular, and, you know, I would say a chunk of the spiritual world become over identified with that. And what we're talking about in the shadow work and in this movement, we're exploring here today, you know, from chasing enlightenment to also coming into contact with intimacy is the path of waking down, right? It's actually coming deeper into our experience, deeper into our bodies, deeper into our sensations, deeper into all aspects of ourselves and learning to re-embrace and connect with them where there's often quite a lot of energy or emotional material or vitality or things that surprise us that we maybe had forgotten about or not touched in a long time. And we want to, you know, balance these two paths. But I think for a lot of men, the work right now, at least in what I'm seeing with my guys, it it's really about the path of waking down more than it is the path of waking up. Mm-hmm. It's really, there's a need for us to come into our emotional bodies, into our physical bodies, and really be intimate, like we're talking about, with the full range of our experience and the full range of the experiences we're having in our relationships. You know, one of my um, teachers in my 20s was this amazing Zen guy, and um, Junpo Roshi, who, who used to use, say this phrase that I think is just, I mean, such a deep phrase for the path of waking down of your angst is your liberation, hmm. right? And what he meant by that was over time, come to find that oh it's actually moving towards my angst or my tensions that's where the deepest freedom lies right when i come be with them when i really turn towards them not try to run away from them right not try to meditate away not try to um skip that part or but really just become intimate with it right in that what a path forward that is in life where whether it's in my intimate relationship with my partner or my kids or myself we really start to pay attention to oh wait where's where is the stuckness where is the tension where is the angst 
because it's in moving towards that that I'm probably going to discover so much and potentially actually liberate so much that's been stuck or left behind or or frozen or um, contained in some manner. Yeah, there's two powerful things you shared there that I want to highlight. One is this idea of of burning or in, in the Vedic philosophy, they call it tapasya. I think it's the same in Buddhist, which is when you're, when you're burning your wood, you're, you're kind of in the fire of your purification, which is a way of talking about facing your shadow in a certain sense. So I want to talk about that. The other piece I want to talk about is, you know, when we're, when we're transcending or kind of keeping ourselves apart from our pain, in a way we're creating a boundary to keep ourselves safe from mm-hmm. it's painful and and boundaries are so important to allow us to gestate and incubate and gain the strength and the resources to at some point then you know kind of awake down as you're saying Jason so that we can we can we can have the vitality and lucidity to look at what's really painful. And I, and what I see on the path is that that's really the purpose of whether it's meditation or enlightenment or, Hey, I'm going to set a boundary with you. It's I'm doing that for myself so that I can, I can stay aware and not dissociate around this energy that might be triggering or um, fracturing for my consciousness. So I, I really want to honor that when boundaries need to come forward, whether that's used in a meditative way or a literal way, like I just can't be around this person. It's because we we just don't have the capacity for it yet. So at some point we do gain that capacity and we're kind of nudged out of the womb of our comfort saying, okay, it's time to face this thing. And then we hit the fire. Or as I said, that the the burning or the Sanskrit word is tapasya, this fire of our own karma being being kind of transmuted. And the distinction I want to make between what you and I do and how that's typically held in a yogic environment or even a quote unquote shadow group is that when when your when your your shadow content's coming up or people say your stuff is coming up, mm-hmm. you might um you might contemplate it. So you might write it down in a journal. <clears throat> you might take that journal and, and burn a few pieces of paper. You might talk about it with your friends. You might sit with that material, meaning you're sitting down, you're closing your eyes, and you're just feeling the sensations. And all of that is is a powerful way to begin to sense, to move your awareness through some of the pain in your system and to eventually integrate it. What we do is a little bit, it's a, it's more experiential. It's, there's a little bit more of a risk in it because we do this group relation. We do this work relationally and that requires a few things. One is a very skilled set of facilitation. And the other is that, that people are willing to be vulnerable and share and why it's so powerful to do this as a practice in a group is that you find so quickly that everyone is actually in the same boat together. We've all incarnated onto this place called Earth with 
very similar issues. And when we take the risk to share those issues, to open your mouth, move your tongue and make sound, you find, whoa, you're hurting in similar ways that I'm hurting. And in fact, the wounding that we're both living with is resonant. There's some parts of it that really match up. So this, if you want to talk about uh, a spiritual practice, this kind of transcendental thing happens when people share at such a deep place. And the shadow work really becomes this relational path of liberation. And here I'm using liberation in a different sense. It's something that liberates you into relationship, into connection, into presence with others. So you're not being liberated from your pain into the cave of your enlightenment or the ashram, still having a solitary experience within your own being. You're liberated into the community. You're liberated into relational love. And it's so powerful because there's this exponential experience of connection. And liberation is different than transcendence. Transcendence implies you're taking the state, you're, you're here, and then you're moving, you're moving from here to there. But the place that you once were, you're not a part of that anymore. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're different. Liberation is different. Liberation says, no, 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 we're making space for everything. And that pathway to everything is what we call intimacy. It's making space for all that you are. And that's a different pursuit than enlightenment, than the the enlightenment of the individual soul. Implicit in intimacy is you're looking for liberation. You're looking for freedom for all parts of your being and everyone and everything you care about. And it's, it's a different kind of undertaking. Um, And that's what we're doing in heart of shadow. That's our, that's our offering to people. And, And what I love about that is the path there doesn't always look like what, you know, we typically think of as the path of enlightenment. Right. Right. The path there can be messy. It can be hard. It can be extraordinarily vulnerable, but it's what's on the other side of that, that, that is so ultimately liberating, like you're saying, right? It's, it's, it's this paradox that, you know, I'm increasingly experiencing in my own life. And I feel like witnessing in, in men I work with that the the easiest way to transcend is to first fully be with Hmm. When when we're fully with it, then something just naturally kind of radically opens up yeah. a, a new space or a new way to to um relate to ourselves or these parts of ourselves or each other and that's just a step that we often want to i have often wanted to skip it in my life mm-hmm. and that men often want to skip in their lives and this stuff can stay with us for a long time right i'm just coming back off a different retreat where I got to work with some men who got to move some emotional energy and some shadow material that they had never touched or been um, able to access before in their lives. And we're talking guys in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, Wow, right? And we carry that. We really carry that with us in some pretty deep ways. And it has an impact on our well-being, our emotional health, our physical health, our spiritual health. Mm -hmm. And what we're saying here is, particularly in the power of a group when we can turn towards all of that. And I mean, just 
the other thing I just want to mention is just how utterly transformative it can be for us as men to not have to be or do anything in a specific moment, Mm. right? When we're allowed to actually just be in our experience, right? There's, there's no way I need you to be other than be with what is. And that can be a shockingly rare place for a lot of men to be like, oh my God, there's no way I don't have to perform here. Mm. I don't have to be the enlightened, happy guy. I don't have to be the, the, the achiever, the doer. I'm allowed to just be a mess or be uncomfortable or be dark, right? Be angry, be vengeful, things that often we have to kind of hold at bay. And something happens to us when we're welcomed into a space like that. Uh, I know for me, it's like a part of my soul just kind of relaxes and I feel embraced and connected to the people around me in a way that I just don't in my everyday life. And what we find in, in meditative communities, spiritual communities, is there is no space for that. I mean, I've been part of several in my life, and they're beautiful, and I'm still a part of some, but there is not space in traditional kind of meditative enlightenment work to to kind of bring that kind of uh, expression forward, where, where it's safe to, to get into vengeful things, lustful things, rageful emotions you know maybe deep grief is allowed but to a point there's kind of like a a decorum and comportment of how to behave in a meditative ashram environment whether it's buddhist or hindu or even catholic or whatever it might be exactly there's a kind of propriety right it's like well let's let's still be like you know uh you know good good protestants here you know or whatever good hindus you know and this is what's it, it's hard to convey what you and I are talking about unless you experience it. But it, implicit in what we're talking about is a few things. One is the safety, of course. Um, but two, I, I, I think I might have said this to you, Jason, six, seven years ago in Hawaii. I'm like, so actually, I think I did say this to you. We were in like a hotel in Waikiki. I was like, so like, what are the rules? You know, like what. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you, you like looked at me, you know, very compassionate as you are. And you didn't, you just said, well, what, what do you mean? And I was like, well, like, can you say certain things? And he's like, you're, I think you said, well, you, you can just do whatever you want to do. I'm like, okay. Like I didn't really get it. And then we had our first session and our, and our good buddy, uh, I think he was the first to go. And yeah. he's snotting and sneezing and, you know, yelling. And I'm like, what the fuck like is this normal like is this there was like for me something broke in the session of i was never showed an environment um you know maybe in my family as a child like seeing my dad rage or something but therapeutically to just bring all that forward it, it was it shattered so much of the construct of who i was allowed to be in my life and and the gift of that the gift that i've given myself since that first session i had was that i get to bring all of myself at least to our men's group and the ones that i lead um fully and then i get to offer that invitation to other people and they get to have that same if you want to talk about a liberative experience 
they get to be liberated into a into a not just a culture but an energetic condition where anything that moves through their being there's a safe space for that to come forward and it's held with a lot of dignity and respect it, it's hard to convey how beautiful and profound that is but maybe that point is starting to come across as as i share this this anecdote but but there is a kind of neo matrix moment of like here's what was allowed and now here here's what's now possible um mm -hmm. changes you if you want it it can change your life permanently you know in in this truly liberative way that's not just you know this relegated to your individual private enlightenment on in your journal and in your contemplative moments but into your relationships where they begin to truly reflect the power nuance and beauty of your soul um in a in a in an online expressed way um yeah i think that's something i certainly hear a lot from guys i work with yeah. right the desire to be in relationship where they can bring all of themselves right right where you know that's another way to think about it like i can just be myself all of me is allowed here yeah. and it, for me as a man just how powerful I feel actually after I've entered into spaces where I am allowed to bring all of myself, I actually feel powerful of like, wow, okay, there's a lot in there. I feel more in touch with all aspects of myself. Mm. And that process that you, you know, went through in your, your first circle with, with me and some of the others, I think that's also a, a thing to note of just why we're so passionate about doing this work in groups. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Luke and I do this work one-on-one -on -one with, with, with men and women. Um, but I think this is particularly important for men in that so many men have not had examples of how else they could show up, right? We've never actually seen what it means for a man to be fully in his anger, but still fully present and safe, or fully in his grief and tears and heartbreak, but still connected to a, a, a type of power and hmm. the ability to often see that can be the start of the opening for so many of us, right? Like, oh, fuck, I didn't even know that was a choice. Nobody even told me that was on the table, right? <laughs> that was on the menu that I could be like that because I've never seen it. All I've seen is the lone wolf, tough guy culture or the total kind of soft and, and collapsed kind of more nice guy thing. I didn't even know I had these other choices available to me. And that, and often, you know, I saw this again on my retreat as, you know, men witnessing other pe other men in their work that starts their own work, yeah. right? That, that's actually the beginning of it. And then it starts to evoke something yeah. and accelerate this process of just opening and becoming closer to all aspects of ourselves. And then when we can do that in a safe and trusted community and find that we're held and we're accepted, it is deeply liberating it's mm -hmm. oh okay wow now what right it, it is like a it's a whole new world moment of yeah. oh if i don't have to bullshit here then whoa what's possible what does life look like from this place from this kind of community and this work the shadow work i think is just such a important piece of that and that everybody's work and journey is going to look different but we do find these common themes underneath and there's just something um 
awe-inspiring and frankly enlivening for me about seeing another man come alive. Like there, there's a, it, it's contagious in a way, right? It spreads mm-hmm. in, in, in a way that brings a lot of life force to me and juices me up to be even more in my life as I see another man stepping into his own. So fascinating. It's like, in a certain way, we're bringing the liberative experience of, you know, deep meditation into relationship in that, like, for a meditator, if you've been meditating for a longer period of time, your meditations can start to become more powerful. You can feel the, the Shakti in the body, you can feel the energy, you can feel it growing through the subtle body, feel more connected to kind of the spiritual plane in a certain sense. What's fascinating about this work is it's 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 not as if what's actually happening is when a man, woman, when a human being shares their deepest authenticity and truth, it activates the the sacred energy, the vital force in another per in other people in that space. It's like you're saying, Jason, you feel more energized when um, someone shares their truth. So it activates the living vital force in another. That activity of life force in another person's body starts to churn up what's been keeping their vitality asleep. And that wants to come forward in the group. And that process begins to light up each person in that space, that living energy of life wanting to come more forward and express itself is like a is like a wildfire energetically in a group like this mm. and if it's well tended by two you know two firefighters so to speak or hot shots or whatever whatever the guides want to be called then that fire can move in a very in a very elegant and dignified way that's honoring of of everyone's history and longing that shared everyone everyone deep inside has this longing for more life and more expressiveness and more alignment with purpose that phenomenon it happens every time because we all have the the kind of ingredients for fire you know we all have this this longing and all we're needing is a spark and when Oh, you know, our job in a certain sense is like we're we're tending this fire, we're putting the logs together, we're putting the kindling on, we're getting the right fuel set up. And then it's just waiting for one man to go, you know, mm-hmm. we said last episode, for one man to crack open and go, I want more than what I have. What the path that was laid before me that I followed and tried to follow really well. It didn't light my soul on fire. I got all the cool things. I got a truck. I got a nice wife. I got some kids. Got a good job. Whatever the circumstances might be. But my soul, my heart is not on fire for life anymore. What the fuck happened? This was not what I thought it would be. And then, you know, you meet a guy like Jason and Luke and you go, okay, uh, I don't know what these guys are about. I've never met them. I've listened to their podcasts. Sound interesting. They sound like honest, honest people. L- looking at the testimonials, these guys seem like real people. You can you can vet our credentials, but what you're sensing from Jason and I is something that's alive. 
and something that's real and something that is already within you. You just are needing that spark. That's all it takes. And our, our job, what we're good at, what we've dedicated our lives to doing is we can't necessarily spark it for you, but we can set up all the parameters for that, that charge to come through. And it comes through every time because it's your longing for freedom, for expression, love, and connection that fuels that fire and creates an inferno because you're going to get a men's group that's going to love, support, and fuel you on your journey from the moment you start our program, you know, immemorially, potentially. And, you know, it's, it's, why, it's why we've dedicated our lives to it because it, to us, it's, it's, it is the purpose for, for our life is to help grow, in a sense, that, that fire, um, you know, not just for you men out there, but for, for everyone. And we all have a certain stake in that, in this world. Um, and, and in a certain sense, enlightenment, it's just not enough. Enlightenment is not enough. It's not enough to just liberate yourself. You know, our invitation is to say, no, we got to help each other. And the path of intimacy is that path. It, it's, it's challenging to face what's painful. But if you're looking for a cause in your life, if you're looking for a higher purpose, if you're looking for more than what you have, this is a path. This, this is a path and it involves everyone that you love. Um, and yeah, in a word, we call that intimacy. Boom, there it is. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I can add anything more beautiful than that. Right. But if you're starting, if you're a man out there and you're starting to feel that calling where you have a sense, you know, I'm ready for more in my life. I'm ready to step into something. I've heard about this men's work thing. I've heard about shadow work thing. Well, step in, right? It's, it's time to, to, to join the arena, so to speak. And you'll be met with a lot of love and a lot of safety. We're super passionate about this and you'll form really incredible bonds. You know, this is something Again, I'm ever more convinced of just coming off another retreat of the, the connections we can make in this type of depth work. They're the connections that most men are really longing for that go beyond the surface, that go beyond the sports, that go beyond the bullshit, that go to the, oh, this is a guy I can stand in fire with and, and move towards the things I want to move towards in my life. And we all need that. Right. Well, I think a lot of us men are craving that in the world. Like, yeah, who are the guys that are really going to show up and not sleepwalk through life? Because you know what? I don't want to sleepwalk through life. And so we are blessed to offer this experience that Luke and I have been having with each other for the last years in our program, The Heart of Shadow, which our next cohort is we're recording this in fall of um, early fall 2023. Starts September 19th, still ample time to set up to uh, join us. And there's a retreat in October. You can go to heartofshadow.com to learn all about that. And um, if this cohort is already closed, you can join the mailing list there to get notified of, of upcoming ones beyond that. Because this is something, again, we're really passionate about bringing to the, the world. So if you're ready for a men's group, you're ready for men's work, you have a sense something inside of you that's 
ready to move, come alive. This is a place to do it.